<laughs> You're now listening to the Inside Out Podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it. Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple, to improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think might be able to help you become mentally fitter. And quite often, it leads me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. And today, i got a couple of stories for you. This episode is kind of about me. Uh, and why not? It's my birthday. I'm sick. It's going to be short. But to everybody's happiness, I have my co-host Libby Grace back. Hi, Libby Grace. Happy birthday, Jimmy Hunt. Very much. This is about me, but it's really a relationship episode. Because what we're talking about is how I increased my capacity for love. And it was really first pointed out to me that I lacked a capacity for love (laughs) by Libby Grace. (laughs) early on in our relationship. And it's about as simple, and I've seen this many times in many relationships over the years where one person loves the other people more than that person loves them. Now, I want to make this distinction. There's obviously a discrepancy between someone loves someone more than the other person. That happens all the time and relationships break up or that, or they'd never start because of that. But this is different because even though there was a gigantic discrepancy in the volume of love, there was zero discrepancy in the capacity of love that was given. Because I was giving 100% of my capacity, mm-hmm. Libby was giving 100% of her capacity, but those numbers, if we can put a number on it, those numbers were vastly different. And you, Libby Grace, didn't quite understand that at the start, did you? No, I guess not. I kind of, um, I actually wasn't even aware that I had a larger capacity for love than some other people. Like I didn't, I didn't even, why would I ever think about that? That never really, I just love, I just, I just was me with an enormous capacity for love, but without that ever being pointed out to me, I didn't realize there was a discrepancy between us, but I did notice that yeah, I guess I felt like there were times where I was like, I'm loving you so hard. Why are you not, you know, loving me back as much? Like, why? Why why is this why is there this imbalance? And I think we kind of speak about it on the love languages episode as well as like the way we love is different, but in this scenario not only was it different, but it was that I could just keep on piling love on top of you and on top of you and smothering you with you with it essentially at the beginning and still have more to give. Whereas you didn't have that same capacity. And I kind of felt a little bit like. I loved. Yeah. I mean, not, that's a really harsh way to put it, but to be honest, yeah, there were times where I felt unloved and I, I guess I put that kind of filter over it thinking, Oh, woe is me. Why can't, 
he loved me as much as I love him. Like what, there's something wrong here. But my instinct in those situations is to love more, to draw it out of you, like to give you more, to show you, I guess, uh, subconsciously what I'm craving. You love me harder and then I kept loving you back the same amount. Exactly. And to me, it was, there was still, there was still a divide in that, which we hadn't really spoken about it. No, this is it. We were figuring this out at the time. Yeah. And so it was kind of just like, oh, you know, maybe some little internal feelings going on about um, not feeling loved in the way I needed to or wanted to, but still having this overabundance of love to give because that's how, how I would roll. And also it, it kind of, I guess over the years in, in hindsight and, and in retrospect and looking at, at looking at what it meant for me, my ability to love so big and so hard hasn't always come from a good place. Like it's, I've done a lot of reading into why people have been through traumatic events or PTSD or, or whatever it is that, that happens, you know, early on in your life, sometimes love harder and bigger and, and braver as a coping mechanism, as a kind of, as an overcompensation for the love they didn't get. Yeah, I shared that quote with you years ago, which was the depth of your trauma equals the depth of your love. Yeah, and I just had like the deepest trench into the ocean full of love, which now when you look at it, that's sad. Like it, that makes me, used to make me feel a little bit sad. It's like, oh, I love so deeply because I didn't get the love I needed throughout my life and that was like well that's a that's a realization that when you come to it as an adult you're like oh I just that that's not nice I just thought love love was a beautiful thing and having this abundance of it and this huge capacity for it was a beautiful gift but when you realize that it came from an underwhelming amount of love as a child although not an underwhelming amount of love I mean I was loved but in a way that wasn't right for me or didn't really kind of anyone fulfill me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it, it, that having that realization on top of the fact that we were in a disparate relationship in terms of our capacities, it, it's a big thing to to process. You're kind of like I'm I, I'm with a guy who I just I love deeply. I love you know hugely. Not getting what I need from him in terms of reciprocating that volume or the. the the amount or the type of love, but also then having those realizations of, oh God, the reason I love so much and so deeply is, is because of trauma. And the reason I didn't have such a capacity to love partly was because of a lack of my trauma. Right. I mean, potentially like that's, I don't know if you've, have you looked into that? Is that something you've kind of come to a realization of or is it well no that was that was that was just my realization off the back of that quote is if the depth right. of your love equals the depth of your trauma right, then your, yeah. your depth is very deep and my depth yeah. is very shallow yeah and I guess that maybe that doesn't equate in every situation but it I doesn't definitely for us yeah you you had a beautiful life you've had a beautiful life for the most part you've, you've had very little in the way of, of actual and, trauma yeah yeah so you've not needed to sort of embolden yourself with that security that I guess I've I've had to of giving giving love because you're not receiving it yeah I mean that's a whole nother episode as well which we'll get to sometime soon which is traumas are not comparable and no. even though my traumas were small they actually fucked me up more than your massive traumas 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really, I'm looking forward actually now to that, um, to doing that episode because it's certainly something that comes up on a lot of conversations that I've had with people of, oh, you know, I never went through anything like you went through or look at what this person's going through. I don't have the right to be feeling this way. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Trauma is trauma. Pain is pain. Hurt is hurt. It doesn't matter to what degree. Yeah, we all respond differently. Exactly. Yeah, so that's a whole other episode. But basically what we can get to with this one is in our relationship, and I think a lot of people at home can relate to this, because like I said, I've seen, I've talked to a lot of people over the years in similar circumstances. And unfortunately, it's usually predominantly the male not loving to the capacity of the female. Um, mm. that's, the, that's the usual. Mm. But my capacity, I, I wrote a very, very crude metaphor back in the day in my second book around mm. mine being the size of a power drill and yours being the size of a, size of a fridge. Which is a really great way to look at it. Like it, you kind of, you get this concept, which is completely, it's love. How do you measure it? You can't. It's impossible. Yeah, both are complete you, items. Both, exactly, both exactly. are what they are. Yeah. Just one happens and, to be bigger than the other. I know. I like, the, um, I like that you kind of made them both electrical appliances because when I think of love, I kind of think of it as like an ele- a source of electricity, a source of energy. Like I actually see it as a moving a moving um, source of power. So I like that you gave you gave the metaphor to to things yeah. that were powered by electricity. I think it's really sweet. Yeah, and so it was a big realization in our relationship. So when you have the disparity like that, without the communication, you get tension. Yeah, of course. And then when you can figure it out and communicate around that, then you get understanding. Mm -hmm. And then although that understanding doesn't fix it, it gives you both a perspective to be able to work on it. And so I think that that was our first breakthrough was both of us understanding that we were both loving at 100%, uh, but the, the volumes were different. Yeah, and I think before it was a breakthrough and, and an understanding, it was a huge, you know, you've, you've already mentioned it, it was a huge cause of pressure and tension in our relationship because I think initially, initially when you said to me, I love you as much as I possibly can, I literally cannot physically or emotionally or spiritually love you anymore. I'm doing this, I'm giving you everything. You have my 100%. I have, yeah, I looked at that and went, oh, this is all I'm ever going to get from him. This is <laughs> no, it was like, sad. It was a sad it was actually, realization. No, it was horrible because it's like, shit, I was, because, okay, you know this, I've told you this before and I've, I think I've used it in a negative context to you occasionally where, where I shouldn't, maybe shouldn't have, perhaps I should have framed it a little differently, but I've kind of said to you that I see that you've got so much potential as a human, as a loving human. And I didn't see you living up to that. I was, I could just see this, this beautiful, shining human being who was so full of love. And I was like, you've got all this potential. You're just not doing it. So when you told me, I'm giving you everything, I am at a hundred percent of the capacity I have for love. I was really, really um, saddened by that and kind of looking at it like, is this a relationship for me? I need more. He can't give it. He's just acknowledged that he can't give it. 
he's just admitted to me that I, it's never going to get better than this. Do I walk away? Is it, am I being fulfilled to a point where this is okay for me? Do I, or, you know, do I just go, oh, okay, cool. Well, ah, oh, you know, well, if that's the way it's going to be, then that's the way it's going to be and, and stick it out. Or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard realization to live with that if this yeah. is going to be on forever. So is one of the reasons that you decided to stick around because I had the conscious intention to try and grow my capacity for love? I think that, and like I just said, the, the fact that I knew, I believed in you. Like I was rooting for you. I was like, I know you've got more. I didn't believe you when you said you were giving everything. I believed you in that, in that you thought you were. But I kind of, I've always seen this potential in you. I've always seen you as a much bigger force on this planet than, than you currently are. Like, I know there's even more for you than you're currently doing or, or being. You've, your, your expansion is going to be exponential, and it already is. But I yeah, still see more sure for you. I'm not quite sure I share that with you. I think I'm, but I, I, believe- I don't know how far I'm going. I'm happy. I'm happy but where you, but, I'm at. And if cool, fine. Good. You f- if you're happy, you're happy, and that's cool. And you can, you can, what do you say? Don't self reject. You just, you just self rejected. So I'm calling you out on that. I believe you have a lot more capacity in you for in many ways. And I've always seen that. And partly that was kind of a measuring stick for me was like, okay, yeah, he says he can only love me this much right now, but I actually don't think that's true. I think there's more to give and I'm going to, I'm going to help him get there. And I kind of used it as a bit of a project because I was like, this is, I want to see, I I know I'm right. I want to, I want to nurture his ability to love. I want to be the one that gets him, you know, way higher up that scale. So there was that part of it. And like you said, that acknowledgement that it was something that you you saw as a as a power drill. You you saw your little power drill size, and you wanted to get bigger. Okay, so that's I mean that that's the sort of the the setup, right? So we we understood that our discrepancy. We understood how different we were in our capacities. We communicated. To a particular degree, about the need for growth and the 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 effort towards growth, we decided, even not, even though we didn't really explain it, sort of outwardly to each other, we both had the understanding that we were. I was going to try and grow my capacity for love, and. Mm-hmm. That is always the first step, the awareness and then the choice about trying to grow it. Because one of the things I want to say here is something that I say in many things is love, whether it be love or empathy or patience or um, your biceps or Mm. anything like that. They are all muscles, and you grow your muscles by working them out. Mm. And I initially believed that this was just my capacity for love. That was what I turned up with. That's what I've got, and that's what I have to live with for the rest of my life. And so the understanding, even if it was just a, a feeling back then, the feeling 
of me going, right, I can expand my capacity for love and I need to do it by practicing it, by actually working it out. And the more I work it out, the more it expands. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my, that was my goal. That was, and this yeah. was this was years and years ago before I sort of developed a lot of my theories around it and actual physical things you could do. But without knowing it, I I'd started putting a lot of these things in place. And what? Sorry, yeah. to interrupt you. What um, what made you have that goal? Because we could. Well, we that was really talk. simple. I wanted to be in a relationship with you. Yeah, right. I was going to ask you that. And, it, and it, it, made, it made me sad that there was such a big chasm between yeah. our capacity. And I, I must have, I'm sure, at some point I had, I had articulated to you that, hey, this is not enough for me and I might not be around for yeah. forever yeah, yeah. this is all you've got. So it was kind of a, almost like, not an ultimatum, but a, a definitely like, whoa, okay, mate, we might not be the best match if if that's all you've got. Then I sound that makes I feel horrible. I feel really horrible right now thinking. Yeah, you're a horrible person, but I love <laughs> but it, no, it does. And that kind of as a little segue here, that um, that hits a nerve for me because in relationships in the past, I I felt like I've been put on a pedestal when when I haven't felt like I've deserved that or asked for that and certainly haven't asked for it, but also coming from a place of having a very, very low self-worth into the negative figures, being put onto a pedestal by my partners was really confronting to me and really kind of like foreign and like, why, what, what are you doing? Like, and I've got a long way to, a long way to fall because you've put me up here and actually I feel like I'm well beneath that. And so yeah, well, I don't hearing, think I put you on a pedestal. I mean, no, but like, hearing, but hearing you say that your your goal was to keep, you know stay in a relationship with me, that is kind of like okay, she's my goal. Like staying with her is a goal. Like that's to me. I'm just saying that the reaction I'm having to hearing that is, yeah. you know, an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I said you. I didn't put you on a pedestal. You, you're only just good enough to keep me. But um, <laughs> this is this is really. It was, it's twofold. It's because it's one, it's about, yeah, look, I, I do, I do love this woman. I want to stay in a relationship with her, but I also understand like, who the fuck wouldn't want to love more? Yeah. Good point. So, so, yeah, why wouldn't you? <laughs> so this, you, what you were, you weren't a pedestal for me, but what you were was almost like an epiphany mm. about how, Oh shit, I thought I loved. Mm. And I thought I loved at a level that was that was okay. Mm -hmm. Turns out, oh there's shit, more. there's actually there's there's people that love more than me and better than me. Yeah. Oh well And I could feel that. Yeah. Yeah, and I felt and I would like that. Yeah. Which is interesting because in a lot of your life, and in, in a huge amount of your life, you don't have uh, how do you how do I express this? You don't feel things. You have a very, you've kind of got an, a numbness around what normal people would feel. Whereas yeah. I overfeel, if that's a phrase yeah. I can, can coin, I feel everything so deeply, so ridiculously deeply, too, almost too much to a point, yeah. whereas you're the complete opposite. So it's interesting to me that you 
even were interested in in feeling more love because for you know a large part of your life and in many facets of your life you're like this is it I don't feel anything I don't feel the emotions like other people meh not bothered whereas with this one you were like oh I want to feel more love actually want to know what that feels like so yeah i mean that's that's a whole other thing as well getting into understanding how i am a little numb compared to a lot of people uh my feelings yeah it's a little strange i mean i obviously still feel but your threshold is just much higher for human reaction. You're like cyborg level, almost. You're like, <laughs> you, what I, I get up and dance and sing and cheer or cry and am miserable and have grief over, you know, things that are down the very bottom end of the scale. Like, I mean, the things I cry about sometimes with happiness or sadness are ridiculous. I admit that. But yeah. you're so far towards the other end of that scale that it takes you a long while to Yeah, um, we're very different on many levels. Yeah. Right, so we're getting to the actual point, which is <laughs> how do you increase your capacity <laughs> for love? And you might not, in fact, you probably didn't know a lot of the conscious things that I did to try and do it. One of the... Uh, one of the sort of principles that works in a lot of cases is fake it till you make it. Yeah, that's a really good one. And it actually does work. Yeah, because when you do something for the first time, you don't necessarily feel it like other people who are doing it naturally. Mm-hmm. And so you've just got to do it and keep doing it until you feel that feeling. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of one of the principles that I started with was like I just have to keep practicing the love, even though I don't feel it. I just have to keep doing it because I know that this is what people who love do. Mm. And mm. I mean, this is—it's quite mechanical in terms of you know we're talking about a feeling, we're talking about love, but uh, but in order to get more love, I did it in a very mechanical way because that was the way I was. I worked in a very mechanical way. And so some of the things that I did was I put reminders in my phone and in my calendar to love you. Oh, my God. You are adorable. So I would have reminders in my phone that would just say things like, tell Libby you love her. Oh, my gosh. And so I I would go and do that. Or I have reminders in there. Like do something nice for Libby, or I remember that one. I think I saw that one flash up one time. I was like, "That is adorable." Like, what's he up to? Like, <laughs> do something nice for Libby. Yeah, like, that's cool. And then, you know, outside of you, I would put reminders in my calendar to uh, do things like email a lo- email a friend and tell them how much, not so much you love them, but how much they mean to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you can say I love you in them if you, if that feels right, but um, but just because because love is well, love, is, love not is not just action. but love is not just intimate uh, no, between course. a man and a woman or a man man woman woman whatever it, it's it's there's various types of love um, between friends and between family and between even you know acquaintances you can love them. Uh, for yeah. various reasons, and yeah. so I would put I would put reminders in 
sort of once a week, I think I had a, I had a reminder saying, tell, tell your friends you love them or how much they mean to you. Mm. And I mean, it sounds, it does sound very mechanical, but this is the thing of which if you are trying to create a habit or if you're going to, if you're going to work out at the gym, you know, I mean, there's some people that just religiously turn up at the gym six days a week because they love working out and they, and they do all of the things and good on them. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I ain't one of them. <laughs> and, or, but those people, when they first started, I'm sure that they needed to put things in place to make sure they became that person. That yeah, of they, course. That they had accountability partners, that they set alarms in their phone to turn up to the gym, mm-hmm. that they did all of those things mm-hmm. because those are the precursors to actually having habits. I mean, yeah. And so that's, that's what I did. I worked out my capacity for love like a muscle. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a just a little um, pause from that is um, – the actions that you took were, okay, we're talking about love as a concept, but I think like massive attack say at best, like love, love is a verb, love is a doing word. Like you actually love by the doing, not just the feeling. So by reaching out to that person or by putting the reminder into your phone, you were, you were working out the love I'm going to say love muscle, but that sounds really dodgy. Um, I try to work it out too as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, But, yeah, you were actually working on increasing that capacity just by doing the action, like much like doing repetitions in the gym. You were literally working out and and, uh, fortifying and strengthening the love by doing the action, by, by, you know, doing – what the song says like it's a doing word so I think that you kind of twofold were growing your capacity for love you were growing it in that conceptual sense but you're also just growing it by the action of and using that muscle to strengthen and deepen your capacity yeah well I mean I look at it far more as a verb as a muscle than I do conceptual yeah I, I think you're I, like that with everything, though, right? That's that's kind of your mo. You're like everything's a muscle. Everything is something correct. that you work on. So yeah, you've kind of and you quite often you constantly actually refer to mental fitness. You use um, you draw parameters. You draw the same kind of um, metaphorical um, reasoning and, and concepts. You you make them sound like physical workouts. So yeah. That, you can actually see that in your head. You can see what that looks like. So you're going to be more successful at it, right? Because you you have an idea of what the concept is, but you also have this physical connection with it. Well, I think it's the most practical way because what I want to see in myself first and then in others is actual change. I want to yeah. see actual actual change. Like I don't want to go put in all this effort and then not grow my fucking capacity. <laughs> right? What a waste of fucking time. And I'm like, see you later. I, you didn't. You didn't win. <laughs> yeah, you and failed. so, so I wanna, I wanna see it in a practical form. And I think we can get too much in our heads around, sort of almost the esoteric nature of a lot of these concepts. We are so good at separating the physical 
from the mental, the internal from the external. Mm. And so to be able to understand, because I mean, a small segue that goes along with this is that similarly, I Mm. was um, expanding my capacity for empathy. Yeah. Because I was traditionally not very empathetic. And again, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, well, that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Well, we know with neuroplasticity, we know with epigenetics, we know that that is not the case. It is who you are right now, but it does not have to be who you are in the future. Yeah. And so I did, I mean, I've done this with, with so many internal things, but I did the same with empathy or patience. Yeah. And and love. Yeah. Like these are muscles that can grow, but in order to make them grow, you've got to fucking work them out. You got to do the work. And if you don't work them out, they will not grow. It's that simple. You're like the scientist who's in a lab testing. I've seen this. I can testify to everything you're saying. I've seen your growth, I've witnessed it firsthand. You're like the scientist in the lab who's trying out experiments on themselves before they release them to the public. You've you've done the work. You've gone, okay, I see this as something I want to grow. And I think you kind of got a little bit like, not carried away is the wrong word. That's not what I'm what I want to say, but you kind of were like, oh, I did it with this. What else can I do it with? You know, I did it, I did it with patience. Okay, now what else can I change about it? And I know you were really kind of trying to um evolve to such a level that you you looked at it from at ev- from every facet of your life that you didn't like something right right let's work that let's actually work those neurons to change and i love that you worked out love and empathy and compassion and softness because all of those things that love brings is that ability to feel those really soft emotions and you didn't have soft emotions when i first met you you were you were a, very fast, you were very hard, you were very like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you had moments of um, of softness in terms of being affected by something and being upset by something or being moved by something. But what I noticed in you was a huge increase in those those soft emotions, the the, the compassion, the empathy, the, you know, just that seeking out those kind of feelings where you never would have done that in the past. So by increasing your capacity for love, you brought on all these other beautiful things that I think were missing from your life. Yeah, I agree. One of the big caveats of this chat is that I have, uh, I've kind of, I did sort of almost overemphasize the, uh, the external physical nature of the things you can do to increase your capacity for love. Whilst I 100% agree with what I've previously just said, obviously, <laughs> one, of the, one of the sort of the big puzzle pieces that slotted in uh, to go along with increasing my capacity for external love was by increasing my capacity for internal love. Yeah. And the last podcast up was with a woman called Gracie Belev, and we talked about self-love. And so that's a, that's a good episode for people to listen to. A great to. episode. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, but the point, the point is that 
if you only do the external, you will only grow your capacity so much and so far. Yeah, I agree. It's so much easier to love outwardly if you can love inwardly. Mm-hmm. And so when I started this process, I loved myself a fraction of the amount that I love now. And so the the process of going inward and doing the self-love helped magnify the growth of my ability to love outwardly. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm forever talking about is that if you want to help other people, the number one thing you can do is help yourself. Real simple. Without a doubt. And so, I mean, I've, I've just did a whole podcast on it. We don't need to get into it again here. But, but going, going inward and figuring out, you know, what's holding, your back with, holding you back with your own self-love will absolutely allow you to be able to love outwardly. And this is a thing that we said on the very, very first relationship episode, and that is relationships, you, or you don't have relationship problems. You have indi- individual problems that manifest inside relationships. And you know the, the tension in our relationship was about the difference in capacities for love. Mm. And by me... You know, you can't go to a couple's therapist to to talk about this stuff. Well, you know, they're not going to fix this for you. Mm. We fixed that particular tension in our relationship by me doing my individual work around growing my capacity for love. Yeah, and it also, like I said it, at the beginning, was it highlighted for me that where my capacity for love was coming from and that working on that, for me as well, is exactly like you've just said, it was about learning to love myself um, to replace that feeling of inadequacy, by, to replace the giving so much love to uh, counterbalance the love I didn't have in my life and I wasn't giving to myself, to replace that outpouring of love with an inpouring of love to myself. And then, I mean, my capacity... I don't think it's changed too much. I definitely don't think I've grown. I feel like I was at max. I've been at max. Yeah, I think, I think you're, pretty, time now. You're, you're pretty similar. <laughs> you're already maxed out. I'm maxed out. But having said that, I think I've kind of almost decreased. There's a, I've kind of hardened a little, which I've yeah. had to do. It's been good for me. I haven't, I haven't just been completely all love all the time. All What was my nickname? Libby Love and Sprinkles. Yeah. That was who I was. That's how my friends identified me. I remember you catching up with a girlfriend of ours, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple of three years ago, maybe. And I'd, I'd seen her previously and she'd said to you when you caught up, Libby's different. Is she okay? She's just, she's not as loving. And you were like, that's great. That was yeah. something I was working on. I was working on being less like effusive in my love and actually giving myself boundaries and giving myself kind of a bit more of a, not a hardness, but just a little bit more kind of. No, structure. an understanding. This is so. This is, this goes back perfectly to two episodes ago on this podcast. If you've listened to it, which is the energy behind things. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. like, love or any action is not the action itself. It is the energy intention. and intention behind that action. 
And so you were using love not to fill me out. Yeah. Not for its not for its actual altruistic purpose, but in order to fill a hole inside of your soul. Yeah, it was it's really sad to think about it. It's like I was trying to feel loved by loving other people. And that's like we talk about on the love languages podcast, is I'm I'm doing the things to other people that I want to receive. So my my huge capacity for love was just because I was so void of it in myself for many, many years. So having to, when you acknowledged, okay, I'm going to do the work, that kind of flipped something in me as well. And our, our paths and our, our work was completely separate and different from one another, but we were the catalyst for each other to, to be, identify it and be aware of it. So my, my love, like I said, it hasn't grown, but it's, changed it's developed and it's it's grown in its maturity whereas yours has grown in both its maturity as well as its actual volume and capacity so yeah it's been it's been really good for both of us to have that mirrored have that reflected at us within our relationship all right i'm sick i need to blow my nose no, so we're gonna i want to give you a cuddle can no. somebody in new zealand just go and Look after my husband for me. Yeah. And so just to, to, to sum up for, for the people is that from, what's this, nine years ago until today, I have yeah. worked you know, semi-regularly on increasing my capacity for love. And it has taken me from a Power drill sized capacity <laughs> for love through to a fridge size. No, capacity I for love. the other day you're a you're an industrial aquarium hydroponic. Oh, you're God. an industrial hydroponic. <laughs> yeah, but basically what I'm saying is I I've I've moved it much more. I've moved it two, three, four, five, ten times what I used to what I used to be, and that might sound all well and good, but it is absolutely transformed many aspects of my life from my relationship to the way I work, to the way I relate to my friends, to the way I relate to complete strangers. Mm -hmm. And it has given me a bunch of just beautiful results and experiences out of that work. Because I think it's very important for everyone to realize that we don't just do this for shits and giggles. We do it to be <laughs> able to get cool shit at the end. And like a life filled with love is a much more beautiful life than, than one not. We obviously know that. And so this is only achieved by chipping away at it a little bit over time, 1% every day. And we do that by putting really comprehensive things in place to start. We fake it till we make it. We make notes. We make calendar reminders. We make phone reminders. We get people to check in on us and remind us. Whatever we need to do to put the make the thought conscious so that it reminds us to actually do the practice. And Libby is perfectly right because love is a verb. Love is a doing word. Love needs to be both internally and externally done, felt. And so if you would like to increase your capacity for love, 
you can. That's the that's the raddest. That that's why in a lot of my talks I say neuroplasticity is the greatest discovery of the twentieth century. The idea that our brains can change, that we can grow our capacities for anything, is just one of the most hopeful and beautiful sentiments in this universe. Yeah. And so if you want to do it, you can absolutely fucking do it. <laughs> but you just got to go do it. Here, yeah, here. Yeah. Thank you, Libby Grace. I'm Thank sure you, the people are happy that you're back. I'm glad to be back. Because you've been, you've been unwell. The internet's been yeah. shit in Puerto. <laughs> But you're back and uh, we'll be doing more relationship po podcasts coming up. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. If you have any questions, any queries, any suggestions, please get in touch with us. Send me a message, uh, jimmy at jimmyhunt.com. Hit me up on Instagram, any of those things. I'd love to hear from you. I appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time. That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. See you next time.